largest infrastructure project the city's ever seen. We're making history here. This project was built for Kansas City by Kansas City. They're still employing people to this very day. It's so warm and welcoming. This just represents the growth of the city. A new tradition, new opportunities, and opportunities that truly reflect our whole region and its diversity. Something that Kansas City is going to be proud of for, for generations to come. Hello and welcome to KSHB 41's limited series podcast, Now Boarding, year one of KCI's single terminal. I'm Taylor Hymnus, morning anchor here at KSHB 41. We've reached the halfway point of this series, episode six. And if it's your first episode, please don't worry. There's no need to listen to each episode in order because they all feature a different voice from someone who has a specific take or opinion on the new terminal. I thought that'd be a great way to create a sort of audio time capsule for this first year. In this episode, my guest is Kansas City Councilman Kevin O'Neill. He represents District 1, where the airport is located, and he was elected to the council in some of the early days of the terminal's planning process. As a longtime Kansas Cityan, he's got a great perspective on how it all came together, what it was like when COVID hit during construction, and what the future opportunities are for development around the terminal. That part of the conversation includes his thoughts on the new Royals Stadium, too. His involvement there, or lack thereof, really, Surprise me during our chat. Hope you'll enjoy. So, Councilman O'Neill, I want to ask you first question. This is a, this is an odd one to start with, but I'm always I'm always struck by when I go by a building that has a a plaque dedicating here's who the elected officials were when this was was brought into being that kind of thing. Uh, and I always say, gosh, what it must be what must it be like for those folks. Uh, to to be around these these spots that were big enough to get a plaque. Obviously, you didn't take a spot on the city council when the airport terminal was approved, but you've been in office, you were in office when it came into being, whenever it, it, it opened up. I don't think there's a plaque with your name on it, but what's it mean to you to be a part of the city council when the, uh, the new terminal opens? Or is there a plaque on it? I've just missed. Actually, it's interesting because that plaque has both councils. The one okay. that... The term that we served last term, and the term before that. So, uh, s- s- two of the two of the or like six of them got on both of both sides of the plaque. <laughs> um, but it it included the Scott Wagners and uh, yeah, and the people that uh, went off council when when I took when I got on, and then our council was uh, on the other side of the plaque. So it was kind of nice. They, you know, I, I will say the the ability to. 30 years from now, have my name live in a, in a building such as this, you know, is, is kind of, you know, grandkids and great grandkids might, you know, have that, have the idea to see that. So that's kind of cool. Yeah. Full disclosure. I have not flown out of the new terminal yet. I've been in it multiple times, but I haven't flown out of it yet. Where, I, where is the plaque? Do you know where it is? I think it's on the uh, uh, exit down at the bottom. Okay. On the Yeah. I think it's on the bottom on the site. It's hard to find. <laughs> you got to be looking for the, it. It's not on the front door. We'll put it that way. It's, <laughs> it's, it's so, far from where the mayor's picture is. <laughs> so let me, let me, let me expound that a little bit. The, the amount of pride for you, you mentioned your grandkids, that kind of thing, being able to see it 30 years from now. Like, what does it mean to you to stay? I was on the city council when we ushered in this thing. That's such a massive part of any cities, not just Kansas right. City, but the, a, a terminal is a massive part of what a city does. And when you get a brand new one like this, on one of my previous episodes, I talked to 
one of the people that designed this terminal. And they said, you know, America just doesn't do this very often. We don't get new terminals like this super often. What's it mean to you as far as, is it a point of pride? Is it a, is it a career mark for you? What do you, how do you look at it? Well, you know, I look at it. So 1970, uh, one or so when they built the first, the last terminal, my father was a, um, was worked on that campaign to pass the bond issuance that built that terminal. Um, my great grandfather was a councilman in 1920 in Kansas city, Missouri. So I'm going forward to 2022 when we open the terminal and to think 60, 50, 60 years from now in 2070 or 2060 or 2070, I'll, I'll st- my name will still be on. I mean, it's like people yeah. that have streets named after them or buildings. You, you know, it's not named after me, but my name will be on it. So I'll have some association, and and that's that makes me very proud. And and you know, I think the two things in my family that are pr- I'm proudest of is my father, uh, one of the originators of the St. Patrick's Day parade. And, and and then this being able to be a part of, even though I had nothing to do with it, other than helping going through the building process, it, it it's a great honor. Yeah. I got here in Kansas City in 2017, right around the time it was approved. And right. and people at KSHB were kind of walking me through the the years that I'd missed, so to speak. The the people that have been here for a long time or the people that I work with, like Lindsay Shively, that is from Kansas City explaining to me here's what this conversation has been like you weren't on the council when this was approved tell me just as a kansas cityan watching that conversation for years about do we need a new terminal where did you fall in that and what was it like watching that for you as someone who wasn't in elected office yet yeah it's kind of interesting because i had decided in 2017 to run for office and uh so i i was more and more involved than probably previously before that um, and I and I got to watch a lot of the debate and whether they should do a uh, a new build or uh, or just rehab what we had. Um, there was a lot of discussion. It was it was interesting to to listen to it. And I I think at the end of the day I fell on the side of let's build a new one. This is 50, 60 years to build a a new airport or terminal that was built for today rather than something that was built for 1970s. Um, and all of the changes that occurred through the FAA and the uh, uh, home home uh, security and all that, um, you, and then going through the Burns and Mac fiasco where we had to deal with the the uh, the not turning that down and but like a lot of things you 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 listen you learn and and you realize that the best best possible outcome actually occurred in my view. Uh, I was yeah. not a big fan of the. Um, the the combination of of groups that they put together to buy it under Edgemore, um, but I soon came to find that all of those entities really worked well together. They, you know, having come out of the labor world, I was concerned about some of the, how they worked, and um, they put together a great uh, workforce program. They put together a great uh, project agreement so that there were no stoppages, there were no work stoppages, there was no pickets there was no everything was built on time and on budget and and i give uh ever ever uh i can't even um credit i i give ever what, what the heck's the name of that place uh, you give credit to oh, oh to, i give a lot of credit uh, to the to the company that put it all together with clark and weiss okay. and uh and, and clarkson they did a great yeah. job 
so expound on that a little bit for me because as sitting on a situation where just to start yes i am in favor of this you said i had come down on we need a new airport terminal but then to be sitting in that chair and have to be for lack of a better word critical and ask questions of well hold on wait a minute what about this what about this what is it like when you know what your end goal is and you you know what you want to get to but you have to ask really tough questions about how you're going to get there yeah that was probably the hardest uh translation or transition to to this job is to understand that you actually have the ability to ask questions and the power to correct them if you feel they need to be corrected. You've got to have seven votes to do it. But uh, I think we had a very labor-friendly council at the time. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think that we fell on the side of we want our people paid well. We want them, um, we want, uh, we want it done in, in good time and, and on, on budget and, and, um, and, and they did. And the, and the questions we asked were very, uh, detail oriented and, and we wanted, uh, we wanted to make sure that whatever they, whatever they did on that job, they did the right way. And I got Edgemore, sorry. Um, Edgemore did a good job of keeping in contact with the council, keeping us all directed as to what was going on. We had monthly meetings. Um, I was on the TINO committee at the time and, uh, we uh, we had a lot. Yeah, I know is transportation infrastructure Sorry. and and uh, uh, operations. Okay, so that committee is in charge of you know most of the infrastructure and all of the infrastructure in the city, and it's in charge of uh, how the operations of the city work and the infrastructure and, and the transportation. So we obviously yeah. had a lot of airport uh, decision processes to go through, and uh, yeah, I was just I was just thrilled that. You know, it, it, there weren't there weren't a lot of uh, uh, contentious meetings because they they really did a lot of the things correctly. They kept us up to uh, up to date on everything, so that when we did have meetings, we already knew if there was problems coming. Um, the, there was no labor strife on the job. Um, they had a great uh, workforce uh, uh, group put together. They, they, we brought in, I think, seven, uh, 160 uh, workers that uh, out of uh, that we gave them careers to out of the minority community and 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 uh, and different. Uh, I think we accomplished quite a bit, and I hope to take that that uh, to another level when we do major jobs like this. We enforce workforce uh, uh, jobs, and we we are not jobs, but workforce. Uh, uh, Gosh, I, I can't even think what it's. It's the 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 way we did that. Uh, the way we put together the 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 workforce on that job, yeah, was fantastic. The inclusivity aspect of it, of who was going to yes. be involved. Yes, yes. Was there anything uh, surprising to you about that? Is do you remember? I mean, you said there weren't a lot of contentious meetings, but I can remember covering it of the conversations of well, we need to get this type of local organization involved. We need to have minority-owned construction organizations, entities involved. Do you, was there anything about that looking back that you were surprised of, positively or negatively, that it that it went as well as it did or that, gosh, I wish we would have done that differently. I'm surprised we didn't go that way. Do What are your memories about kind of that, uh, what, what you're just describing there, that inclusivity aspect of we need to get yeah. the right people for the job and the right people to be involved in this in this design? 
Yeah, I mean, I I think there was always there was some contention. Don't get me wrong; you can't build a one point five billion dollar terminal and not have problems. But the majority of the problems were not based on we we reached record numbers of inclusivity with uh, minorities and women. Um, I I thought the uh, the way that uh, the the Edgemore worked with the uh, with the community was. kept us you know where we had a we had a few problems they immediately reached out and tried to fix them and you know i always think that the less we hear about something the better things are going because we generally only hear about things when they're going wrong what is a memory that you really stick with as far as the the actual construction of the terminal like do you remember the first time you were able to put a hard hat on and walk through what 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 do you remember as far as your involvement in being able to see it once the things actually started happening. Yeah, I think I think the first time I walked on there was probably in well, we took office in 19 and broke ground somewhere in 18, I think, or at the end of 18 or early 19. Early and 19, I, I think, is when we broke, yeah, broke ground. Yeah, it was in progress, right? Right as we, as I took as as I took office, and I can remember going on the grounds when it was just a lot of dirt being moved. Well, actually, I remember going to the. Uh, I wasn't in office, but I did go to the first announcement when they were going to the ribbon cutting of tearing down the yeah. uh, and Sly putting a you know a shovel in the ground that kind of thing in yeah. the ground and, and everybody there and I and I remember just looking at it thinking God I, I can't even imagine what this new terminal is going to look like and you know we had renderings but you can't you know visualizing it at that point was a little difficult so sure. second time I went by once they had the head house put up and the and the uh, and we were able to walk through the doors and it was totally blank space in there. That yeah. was just an incredible feeling. It was so big and so uh, massive. Uh, and you could just see, um, you know, what, what you were going to, you, you were, what you expected to see in the next two years. And boy, did it just, and then, you know, the last day when we came over, when we came up and they invited us out to see the final product, that was, yeah. that was pretty incredible. But just going through the whole process of getting the the, the glass uh, walkways, getting the uh, ordering the uh, uh, all the various things that we did through you know the the technology that we that would come in front of us, and this is how this is going to you know enhance the uh, the the, uh, uh, the 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 terminal. And going down to uh, I, I remember going down to a, a a conference down in Florida that was a it's a big uh, conference for air, air, air aviation yeah. and uh, seeing all the new bells and whistles that they're putting in and all these new airports, which as you mentioned earlier, there aren't a lot of them. Right. 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 And we were able to see the new technology. And then a year, two years later, three years later, I'm seeing all this new technology in, in, in its, you know, and it's all its wonder being displayed at the airport. That was that's what I kind of remember the most is just the yeah. from dirt to, to finish. I, I think the terminal itself stands out so much as something that a city does and a city council does because of its hopeful longevity that we talked about a little bit earlier. You're hoping for literal decades of this to be a, a shining star for right. the front, the front door of the, of the city. What is, do you remember any element of, and I know as we mentioned that, you were not you joined the council just as the the construction was starting but do you remember any element of pressure in terms of 
gosh, I hope we get this right. I hope we do this right in that regard tied to because of how long it's going to be there. Do you remember thinking any bit of I that's the decision I hope we made the right one on because this is so long? I was I was. I was really glad to see that they got a project labor agreement done or it's, you know, whatever you wanted to call it, but it was, and it was, it gave the ability of the, the project to be built in a way that you didn't have any labor problems. You had all of the right crafts on, on board. I was worried that that wasn't going to get done because it was very contentious up to that point of creating a labor harmony agreement. Right. And nobody wanted a shutdown. Nobody wanted a problem later on. And so the best way to avoid that on major projects is getting an agreement early. And once that got done, I mean, I I really felt that that was going that, you know, we're going to have some issues throughout the the campaign or the build process. But um, that made everything a lot easier for me from coming from a labor background. It just I, I could sent I could see that that was going to be the. Uh, that was going to make this job a lot easier because it could have without an agreement, there could have been work stoppages. There could have been just really bad stuff. And I've seen it happen in other marketplaces and and it can get really rough. You mentioned earlier in 1970, when the original terminal was built and how it became basically obsolete very quickly. If people are not familiar with the story, I've talked about it in previous episodes. There was a hijacking of a plane Mm -hmm. right after that terminal opened and all of a sudden all the rules had to be different. The terminal was going to open like the day that it opened same headline in the Kansas city star was hijacking of a, of a plane right around that time. So this is, this is two very different things, but I want to compare it if we can to COVID because here you are not even basically a year in building this terminal. And then a thing that we know now is going to change the world starts to happen. Tell me about were there fears of on on your part on the council's part about how that might impact not only getting this thing built but gosh is it going to be is it going to be compliant with what the world's going to be when we're done with this yeah. thing now like are we going to be wearing masks for the rest of our lives are we what are we what are we talking about here how did how did COVID from the from from where you sat impact the building of this terminal. You know, I guess I'm a science guy, so I think as long as the science kind of reads out things, I, I follow it, and and I believe yeah. initially that we're going to beat this. Um, I will, I will say, you know, I, I think it's we all kind of laugh. Those of us that were on the council last term is that you know one of the you know we signed up in August, in February we're going to a parade for the Chiefs World Championship, and in right. March we're shutting down the world. <laughs> and, yep. You know, we spent two years and. And literally, one of the reasons, one of the great things about having the uh, labor harmony agreement was that labor and uh, and uh, management sat down and and figured out everything they needed to do to work during these COVID times. And it was I went out on the job site several times, and the the working uh, the the fact that they all you know they were all wearing masks, they were all outside. Uh, in the most in, at that point it was a lot of outside work we were still building everything on the ground yeah. and before we even went uh, vertical um and i just i just remember they they figured out ways to do it and that's that's what you know the construction industry does they adapt and they have yeah. to because they've got deadlines they know that and 
the labor force was decimated because a lot of people got COVID. A lot of people, nobody knew what to expect once they got it. So there was times when we'd have 60, 70 percent of the uh, of the workforce workforce. out. Yeah. And so it was amazing to me how they segued and and just pivoted and, and kept the thing going and literally you would have expected maybe some downtime that would have caused a ba- you know a backup of, of the opening never did and and i and again i hate to keep mentioning edgemore but they really did a good job as the overall manager of the project of keeping us informed weekly monthly and, and uh you know i'll always be uh beholden to them for their uh for what they did i'm kind of blown away by the ticking clock aspect of the construction of this butted up against the nfl draft knowing that that was coming and the the projected timeline of completion is two months before the entire nfl is going to descend upon our city like how how is that for you being in elected position of the excitement of oh my gosh the draft is coming it's going to be great it's going to bring in we know now 160 plus million dollars to Kansas City. It's going to be a big deal. Gosh, I hope the airport terminal is complete. Like, what was that like for you sitting in one of those council seats, knowing what that was butted up against? You know, having having worked with labor for so many years, and I still attend the building and trades meetings, and and you know, and I so I keep track, and and, and literally, I never felt nervous about that because the updates were all so positive, and. They were all convinced they were going to be three, four months in advance, um, and they could have been, but they actually slowed down the process towards the end to make sure they could do more testing, make sure everything worked right. If I think they literally could have opened a couple months ahead of time than what they did if they'd have been forced to. So I, mm. I never really had that, you know, that sunken heart where you're going, oh my right. god, I'm going to make this. I, I really didn't. It was that they they did such a good job of communicating where we were on the project. I want to ask you a little bit about impact. And as we've mentioned several times already, this is a 50, 60 plus year right. airport terminal we're talking about. So the impact six months in is a drop in the bucket of what you hope it to be and what you know it will be. But the airport terminal is in your district in Kansas City. The airport, I should say, not just terminal, the airport's in your district. What have you noticed in these first six, seven months of it being open as far as impact to your district? If if anything, I mean, it's not like yeah. it's there wasn't an airport there already. It's it's a new terminal. Are you noticing impact yet in your district as far as what people are doing, how people are moving about, how money is spending? What are you noticing, if anything? Yeah, I mean, I, I think the uh, I think that. The one, the one thing I've noticed, and 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 more on a on a, a large scale, not so much, not so parochial, but yeah. on a large scale, we visit KC had their meeting yesterday, and they do the uh, I'm on the board, and they have a once a year they do a, an economic impact uh, uh, forum on on how how we got to where we are this year, and Kathy Nelson, you said you interviewed early, uh, brought up several points that I was really blown away by, and one is that. Every dollar we spend on marketing in Kansas City since the airport is open, every dollar we bring we send has brought a hundred dollars plus back into the economy. Um, I, I don't know if that I can only say that the impact of Visit KC and the tourism department and uh, sporting uh, or not sporting but the sports commission, yeah, those those 
people are so busy. We're bringing more and more uh, conventions to the city. We're we're uh, a we're definitely a, a go-to place now. And, and at times when we never were before, and we're being looked at. You know the the draft brought so many people into uh, into our home into our home, and, and 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 I think everybody that lives in Kansas City was was very proud because people that they knew outside of the city were calling and, you know, saying, Hey, wow, I didn't know you had that. Or I, I, well, you know, they just, they had so many things to look at and be encouraged by how great Kansas city. It's a great time to be a city councilman in Kansas city, because I can't do any wrong right now. <laughs> I'll tell you I can, but, um, but everything is, is going. So, and, and I, I guess my only concern is we got to keep it going. Um, you yeah. know, this is, this is a huge uh, investment in our city, and with with the draft having, you know, I think Kathy said she was in uh, New York last week or this week earlier, and that the NFL had told her it was the most successful draft they've had. Um, and, and, you know, and I think every year it gets more and more successful, but they sure. love what we did and how the city viewed on national television. So I, I'm excited about the FIFA World Cup coming, and, you know, I mean, we have so much going on up here. You know, I'm hoping we can get a couple more uh, grass uh, soccer fields over at the uh, Northland Soccer Complex, so we can so we can get a really good uh, uh, group from you know Brazil or whomever chooses right. to come here as a host as a host city. Um, but I, I'm really excited about that. And, and the airport has the 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 number of new flights we've had. I think we have a new. Uh, uh, I can't think of this. The, the 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 Sun Country, I think, has has brought in some flights now. Southwest okay. has added flights, direct flights to Mexico, yeah. uh, Canada. We have a new flight going directly to Canada, um, so or Vancouver. Um, so there's so many things happening. You know, at the beginning of the airport, people said, "Oh, we're going to become a hub. We're going to become a hub." Well, hubs aren't really in. They don't do hubs anymore, especially Southwest. You mean an airline terminal, like an, an airline, airline terminal hub. hub, right? Yeah, yeah. But but they do a lot. They do now come in where it used to be they could drop off in St. Louis, but it was a higher cost than Kansas City, but they'd still go there because at least there was something to do when you got there. Now they're moving a lot of those into Kansas City. So we're becoming, we're going to get a lot more direct flights because they're transferring, you know, flights here and they're not afraid. Yeah. They're not embarrassed by our airport anymore. In fact, I would say I would argue that they're probably as impressed with ours as any in the country. Yeah. Do you do you think about the idea of momentum, for lack of a better word, like the the ripple effect of, OK, we're dropping this new terminal into the Northland and into this district. And here's what's here's what's going to happen. Here's what can happen. Right. Do, we, do you think of it in terms of we got to strike while the iron's hot kind of thing, because if you drive around out there, 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 there's an argument to be made. There's, there's not as much around the airport terminal right. as a lot of other cities might have around there. And I'm talking about hotels, restaurants, right. all kinds of things. Do you, do you think about it in terms of we've got an opportunity here? Let's, let's have these conversations while this new terminal is, is still fresh in people's mind. We have the greatest opportunity to create more economic development than we've ever had. And and I was around in 1971. I wasn't very old, but I was like 13 or 14 years old. And and we didn't do anything. We didn't incentivize. We we just assumed that building a new airport, 
you know, if you build it, they will come. And they will come. Yeah. I mean, you know, for for 50 years, we struggled getting development along I-35 all the way downtown or 29 all the way out to the airport. One of the things we passed a couple months ago, and a lot of people were upset about it, but we passed funding for two roundabouts coming out of the uh, coming out from over on the eastern side of the uh, airport. And the reason we did that is to start the development process. We incentivize that area so that we could get new, we could get new uh, uh, residences, we can get new businesses, we can get some uh, building, uh, office park, uh, everything. We we have a chance to do so much up there. Twin Creeks has plans, you know, an area plan that expects to put in twenty to twenty thousand plus rooftops in the area and towards Platte City, right? Yeah, we have we have thousands of acres of uh, uh, of green space. Uh, it's called it's 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 all the development in Kansas City is going to occur north of the river. And most, not all of it, but a majority of that, 90% of the permits pulled in Kansas City come north of the river. And we have to take advantage of that. And, you know, it's it's incentives are not the most popular thing in the world to do. And I get that. But you have to start people, you have to give people reasons to build. And that's what we're trying to do right now is to keep that building, that that thought process that economic development occurs when we push it. This is a different topic i'll admit but i just piggybacking off what you just said i wouldn't be doing my job if i didn't ask you about this the the new royal stadium got to be part of that conversation as well i mean just to hear you say north of the river that's that's this whole conversation with the royals and waiting to see what's going to happen there i'm sure you're thinking that's part of this conversation too it's totally part of this conversation and i don't want to lose them i mean i've i've uh you know i love north kansas city they're a great little town but kansas city missouri needs to keep kansas city royals and i i i you know, I was glad to hear that yesterday the Royals postponed their decision-making process because honestly, they've never asked me what I would would incentivize for them. They've never asked any of my colleagues. We've talked, and in fact, I suggested, you know, as chair of the infrastructure uh, transportation infrastructure committee, and and uh, Andrea as chair of the finance committee, and and Raina as chair of the, uh, the neighborhoods committee. We should be in these conversations with them because all three of us are going to have roles in what they want. They're going to want to transform neighborhoods. They're going to want infrastructure, you know, new infrastructure to build on, and they're going to need financing. And yet none of us have really been in, involved in any major conversations with them. And hopefully the mayor and the city manager are are doing their job. And Frank White over at the county is doing his to make sure that they know we want to keep them in Kansas City, Missouri. Last thing I want to ask you about, uh, because we mentioned a moment, moment ago, and I don't mean for this to be a gotcha question, if you can't tell no, me a whole not. lot, the solar array out at the terminal, yes. because that's we've had just kind of little bits about that coming out here and there. And what we want to do, we had our first real big announcement about that just in the last month of what is hoped to be done with all that space around the new terminal. Can you can you give me the insight into that conversation and what the hope is there? Yeah, I, you know, I'm still a little confused on the, the direction we're going. And, and I need to have somebody give me some a better. Um, we had that in front of our committee a couple of weeks ago, and it was just a uh, a minor. It allows us to negotiate with the consortium that uh, of Burns and Mac and Evergy and uh, um, Herzog, who who are the uh, who are the recipients of the of the uh, RFP. Um, yeah. I, I'm just I'm, I guess you know I, I what all I saw was that we have a nine million dollar 
um, they're going to give us $9 million over 30 years for, for renting the land. And I think there's some concern on the council that why are, why are we giving it away for $9 million over 30 years, which is like $350,000 a year. Right. To, to allow them to build this solar farm or, or whatever you want to call it and then sell it to other jurisdictions, to us. And I just, I guess I'm just more, I, I want to hear the arguments for not doing it ourselves, you know, and, and okay. doing an RFP and, and actually having some ownership in it. Um, you know, and, and I know not a lot of people don't like when uh, municipalities own things, but um, you know, if there's a way to save money on energy, um, I would think we'd want to be on the cutting edge of that. So I think there's still a lot of conversation to go on that. And I'm, I'm looking forward to it because I think it's a it's a great opportunity for the city. Councilman, you've been so generous with your time. I appreciate it. I, you know, I, I got to say, hopefully I get a chance to have my name on a plaque somewhere on something. One day. <laughs> I'm, I, I think that's pretty cool. So well, I can uh, tell you when I was your age, I never expected to have one. <laughs> Just goes to show you, you what could happen. Thank you for your time, Councilman. I appreciate Thanks, it. Thanks, bud. Have a great week. Yes, sir. Thanks again for listening to Episode 6 of Now Boarding, a limited series podcast from KSHB 41. We'll have another episode for you next month. If you have questions or suggestions for people to interview, you can find me on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram, or email me at taylor.hymnus at kshb.com. For future episodes, I'm still looking for people who live near the airport and for people who work there, especially those who worked at the old terminal, too. So if that's you and you'd be willing to share that perspective with me, please reach out. See you next time.